Welcome to Thought for the Week, a series of individual reflections broadcast over five weekdays here on Manx Radio. The recent week of action focusing on the need to protect our environment has given Christian Aid representative Louise Whiteleg plenty to think about. As a child of the 80s, I grew up with my Walkman chewing my new kids on the block tapes, playing Space Invaders on the Atari, and the painfully long time it took to load, but the surprisingly quick time it took to crash. I remember leg warmers and jelly shoes, stickers and slap-on bracelets, garbage patch dolls and spirographs. And I also remember being scared, really, really scared. There was an emergency, you see, a hole in the ozone layer. Oh my goodness, a hole in the sky? But it was sinister because it was nothing we could see. It was special gases that protected us from the deathly radiation emitted from the sun, and it was caused by deodorants. Of course, I now understand it to have been the erosion of the protective layer of gases that kept the Earth safe from harmful ultraviolet radiation which the sun emitted. And that hole was caused by the pollution from industrial activities by the developed nations of the North. In 1987, Just 14 years after that problem was identified, we saw the signing of the Montreal Protocol. Now that was a momentous moment. That was when the world's politicians aligned with the scientists and agreed to ban the production of ozone-depleting chemicals, halting the crisis. When we look back in 40 years' time, what story will we tell? Our thought for today is, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? One terrible day, a fire broke out in the forest. A huge area of woodland was engulfed by a raging wildfire. Frightened, all the animals fled their home and ran out of the forest. As they came to the safety at the edge of a stream, they stopped and turned back and watched the fire. My home, my home, what can I do, they cried. All the animals stood by and watched, as they did not think there was anything they could do to help. All that is, except for the one tiniest bird in the forest, a little hummingbird. As the animals watched on, the hummingbird swooped into the stream and picked up a few tiny droplets of water and flew out into the forest and put the water on the fire. Then back to the stream it went, and did it again, and again, and again. The animals watched on in disbelief, and some even called out, Don't bother, it's too late. You're too little. Your wings will burn. Your beak is too tiny. And the hummingbird, without stopping, looked back and said, Yes, but I am doing what I can. Our thought for today is, If not us, then who? If not now, then when? A thought from a proud tree hugger. As we are approaching what is one of most people's favourite times of year, when the beautiful island trees will very soon start to change in colour, 
they'll be storing away their unused energy, readying in winter's preparation to shed their leaves. The trees will transform what would be otherwise a dull grey period into a riot of autumn colour that brings us so much joy. We walk through the fallen leaves, kicking up trails of colour. We picture, we paint, write songs and poetry about the beauty that surrounds us. But trees are so much more than a feast for our eyes. They are so essential to our ecosystem. The rainforests in Brazil and the Amazon are burning like no other period in history. And it's just at a time when we need the lungs of the world to be healthy. Tears of horror, frustration and grief have been shed while the fires burn, habitats lost forever. So I, for one, am happy to be called a tree hugger, to embrace the gifts of colour, to enjoy the crunch of a freshly picked apple, to rest under their shaded breeze. Trees are a gift to our future. They say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. But guess what? The next best time is now. Nothing brings me greater joy than strolling in one of the island's beautiful glens with my family. Joy is such a powerful emotion. It's that feeling of deep pleasure and happiness. It's something we strive for, yet only in a very rarest moment do we see. True joy lasts longer than that fleeting pleasure a new pair of shoes or a handbag might bring, or perhaps a happiness felt at achieving that great deal. John Wesley summed this up as, All worldly joys are less than that one joy of doing kindness. We are living in a world that's consuming itself with consumerism. Yet does that bring us true joy? What brings you joy? Is it watching the sun rise, talking with friends, or maybe talking to a stranger or walking the dog? When was the last time you felt true joy? We know from the struggle that is to choose the perfect birthday present or the perfect Christmas gift that we are all reaching maximum stuff. And there's talk of a new green economy, reduced consumerism and lifestyle audits. For me though, this overcompensates the real question. What we really need to ask ourselves is, do you find joy in stuff? Or would you find more joy in just enough? When George Washington was about six years old, he was made the proud owner of a hatchet. He went chopping everything that came his way. One day, he was wandering around the garden and found a beautiful young English cherry tree, of which his father was most proud. George rang the sharp edges of his hatchet on the trunk of the tree and stripped away pieces of bark bit by bit. In time, the tree withered and died. Later, his father discovered what had happened to his favourite tree. He came into the house in great anger. George, said his father, do you know who has killed my beautiful little cherry tree in the garden? George was staggered but quickly recovered and cried. I cannot tell a lie, father. You know I cannot tell a lie. I did cut it with my little hatchet. 
The anger died away on his father's face and he took the boy into his arms and he said, My son, that you should not be afraid to tell me the truth is far more important to me than a thousand trees. As adults, we install in children the importance of telling the truth. Currently, we are in an unprecedented time when children are telling their truth to power. Greta Thunberg recently addressed the world's leaders at a UN conference and famously faced down President Trump, for which she's received scathing reviews, horrible attacks on social media and even death threats. When did it become okay to react in this way to anyone, let alone a child? When did adults become so afraid of telling truth to power that they react in this way? Our job as adults is to listen, to process information and deal with uncomfortable truths. But above all, our job is to respect the honesty, the feelings and concerns of the children who speak their truth about fear for their future. Thank you.